Amen. We'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you're a guest with us this evening, we welcome you. We, we thank you for worshiping with us this evening. Amen. Over the last couple of weeks, especially the last week, I would say, I have had conversations with uh, several individuals, Brother Bickley, Brother Jetty, Brother Trombley, regarding some things and um, just about some things that I feel like we, we have done with good intentions but have become um, confining. I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. And we've talked now for a while on changing the culture and changing the culture. And I think that it's, it, the more I've explored this, the more, the more the Lord has talked to me, it goes so deep. And so just for a few moments tonight, uh, I want to the help of the Lord to talk to you and maybe help some of us as we move forward in the Lord uh, and see what God will do. Matthew chapter 22 Matthew 22 and verse number 35. Matthew 22 and verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the sec- second is like unto, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What was the two common words in those two phrases? Love. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't have a title tonight. So I know it's difficult to preach without one. We're going to attempt to preach without a title tonight. God forbid. I don't know if you you could say it this way. Um, And this is a 100% accurate statement but i fear i feel like it's a it's a it, it's a statement that has enough merit to it uh that you can make it publicly and that is for the from the most part we as humans are driven to be results oriented uh i feel like because in a lot of ways uh, that's why the gyms fill up January, empty out in February. Because people join the gym in January wanting to change, and by February they haven't seen the results they want to, and so they quit. Because we have become addicted to results. Do results matter? Absolutely, yes, they do. But God is not a pass-fail God. 
Because in God, sometimes failure is success, and success is failure. (laughs) Sometimes in God, to succeed is to fail. And a lot of times in God, to fail is to succeed. Doesn't always sit well with us as human beings. And the other thing that God that, that we, we struggle with is, is that a lot of times in God results are eternal and they're not something we see in the temporal. The Bible talks about your heart being with the treasures that are laid up before you. The fact is, it's so hard for us sometimes because we want to see instant gratification, instant result. And so because of that, I feel like it puts us into a situation where, and we've talked about this now at length. I had a conversation with uh, Sister Lori on Friday, and we talked about that. It seems like a theme the Lord's been dealing with me, and everybody I've talked to, it seems like God's talking to all of us about this in a lot of ways. And that is the fact that ultimately... Ultimately, all of this comes down to God. For instance, here's a good one. You've, you've read it before. You've heard it before. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. Let's, let's just talk about something that's kind of been a theme here, and I'm not going this direction, but I want to use it to sort of put the framework by which I'm talking tonight as the Lord is speaking to us. But we've talked a lot about, we've spoken a lot about, we, we, we have, we have, we have uh, uh, discussed a lot in, in, in becoming, again, more soul conscious, becoming more outwardly focused, and, and, and sort of breaking the mold of, of, of where we've been, that the church is, is, is centered around a building, the church is centered around a, a time period during the week, and we try to become more focused outwardly. But you know what? You can do everything right, and I put that in quotations, but ultimately... What happens in a person's life, the results are up to God. I read this story a while back of the great evangelist, one of the greatest American evangelists of, of, of history, Dwight Moody. Dwight Moody was a young man that in Sunday school, he would fall asleep. And his teacher was very concerned because he wanted Dwight Moody to to find God, to know God. So finally he tracked him down one day outside of Sunday school. He he asked him, would you pray with me? Would you you seek God with me? And he was shunned, turned away. He turned him away. Turned his teacher away. But when the teacher left, the teacher didn't know that he got down and began to pray and talk to God. That teacher walked away feeling like a failure but didn't realize what was happening truly was God. Let's take it a step farther. If you could, I wrote this down several days ago. I'm not a big reader publicly. I I think sometimes I get lost, but I I wanted to capture the essence of this, so I'm going to read it instead of trying to just quote it. 
Some Christians see soul winning as something that they do. In other words, success or failure in evangelism is seen as largely due to the efforts of the evangelists. The mindset has turned evangelism from witnessing into persuasion. A witness is one who simply tells what they have seen, heard, and experienced. Witnesses in a courtroom are bound to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. A witness does not seek to persuade. He doesn't seek to convince. All he does is, sim- it does is be faithful to proclaim what he knows to be true and why he knows it to be true. Persuasion takes on a different form. In persuasion, one person is engaged in effort to change the mind of another person to a particular point of view. It's not uncommon to per- that persuasion to alter or repackage the message to make it more appealing to others. In persuasion, the most important thing isn't the truth of the message, but the individual's response to that message. If soul winning is a product of our own individual effort instead of the work of the Holy Ghost, then evangelism becomes a persuasion effort. The goal of soul winning becomes making sure we get someone to come to the moment of decision and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. One may ask, what's the problem with that? If the goal of evangelism is getting people to the moment of choice, then there is every temptation to do whatever it takes to make that happen. This mindset has led to the very thing that characterizes the various church growth movements, such as the seeker-sensitive movement or the emergent church movement that seek to make Christianity more relevant and appealing to a modern world. On the surface, it sounds good and noble, but to what cost? We talked about this recently quite at length, is that There's a fine line, I understand, there's a fine line between going and doing something but still allowing God to to work through you to the point that the results of that effort are not measured by what we immediately see. I'll give you I'll be very transparent with you tonight. I'll give you a perfect illustration. Those of you that were here this morning, you'll understand this. But those of you that severed, let me lay a little background to you understand the statement I'm about to make. This morning, we had our final installment of the series we were doing called This Is My Story. And um, you guys are about to do it here in the next couple of weeks. And basically, every week, we had someone get up and tell their story. Uh, This morning, Sister uh, Jen got up and told her story, and it was wonderful, awesome. The power of God was here. It was such such an inspiration such a testimony to the goodness of God. And as the Lord began to move and we were talking, at the end of this, I did what we would consider to be such a cardinal sin. I didn't have an altar call. God forbid we have church without an altar call. I'm stepping on some holy cows tonight, I know. Oh, Jesus, I can already feel some of you guys just getting antsy. Woo, Jesus. Thank God we don't have to break down the night because I may have to get out in the, on the Jesus bus and get out of here quick, even though that thing is as slow as can be. You could chase me down running. But you know what bottom line is? Can I be a little transparent with you tonight? Oh, boy. I feel like sometimes we have pressured people. Oh, boy. Is this recorded? 
Oh, I don't know if we should post this or not. I feel like we've pressured people into making a decision. And people have responded more out of pressure than hunger. And because of that, we have birthed premature babies that come out of the womb and need to go into an incubator just to survive instead of being healthy enough to breathe on their own? Why? Because we have become so addicted to being able to get immediate results instead of just allowing God to do what God will do? That every person that walks into our building immediately has to have this huge experience with God and we don't know where they're coming from. Some of you, it took you months just to even get comfortable enough to close your eyes. Let's be honest. It took you a while just to get comfortable enough to close your eyes or get even praying just to close your eyes. And we expect everybody to walk in to immediately respond. And if they respond, somehow we're not doing it wrong. Guess what? What is our job? Our job is simply to follow and obey the Holy Ghost. To create an atmosphere. But bottom line, it comes down to the individual to make a choice. We can simply make an appeal. We can offer an opportunity. But bottom line, it is not our place to pressure somebody in to making a decision of eternity. Oh, I can feel it now. It's coming back. Woo! I need a, like one of them. I need the Pope Mobile tonight. I need to get in the Pope Mobile. The Mercedes Pope Mobile and drive around. So you can't fire back at me because I can feel some of you going, then what are we here for? What are we doing here? If that's the case, then why are we here? Thank you for asking that question. Appreciate it. I so thank you. Because you know what? Let's just see. There's this guy. He, he, this, I, I got to tell you for a second. This guy was amazing. And um, he came... I don't have time to tell you his whole story, but basically the short end of his story was he came out of nowhere. He came from this really small town. No one knew who he was. And uh, he showed up on the scene and simply did one thing and began to do that one thing. And by the time three years later when he left the scene, he had changed the world forever. You might have heard of him, maybe, Jesus. Amazing. But you know what? Let's just look. Let's just stop for a moment. Let's see how Jesus did it, all right? Woo, that's a novel idea. Not how the Pentecostal movement did it. Not how the apostolic movement did it. Not how we think we should do it. Let's see how Jesus did it. For God so loved the world. Greater love hath no man than this. Wait a minute. There's a word there comes up twice. Love. It keeps coming up. The great commandment. Love. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. Can I be honest with you? It's easier to walk around and act spiritual than it is to love. <laughs> Woo! Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. 
I'm ready to go. Let's go. Woo, Jesus. It's easier to act spiritual than it is to love. And can I be honest with you? What's really sad is for years we have had people that acted spiritual in church, but they couldn't even love their own family at home. We had parents that acted spiritual in church, but their home was full of discord and hate and anger. Let's just call it what it is. We're stepping out in there now. I'm already in the deep. I'm sinking. Let's just sink with Jesus. And we have been, can I be honest with you? And it's, 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 a, it's a disease that has afflicted the, the, the apostolics because we don't want to be lovey and accepty. Because that's just too watered down for us. God forbid if we just love people. We want to tell people that if you don't act right, you're going to burn in hell forever. I didn't think it was going to be this difficult. It's too difficult. Just to love people. It's just too difficult to love them where they are. Just to love them where they are. We want to say, have you received the... You know, do, do, do I believe in the Word of God? Yes. I could sit here and give you an hour's worth of Bible study on Scripture after Scripture. I could give it to you. But bottom line is... My goal is not to save one person. You look at these hands. There's no nail scars here. He didn't call me to save anybody. He didn't call me to crucify anybody. Now after this message gets out, they may call for my crucifixion, but they didn't call for crucifixion. I'm not to be crucified. I'm supposed to be a visible representation of the character of Christ. And you go back in the gospel and you show me the character of Christ. You show me the character of Christ. I'll show you the character of Christ. You ready? Matthew chapter 9. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Matthew 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Matthew 15, then Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude. Matthew 20, so Jesus had compassion on them. Mark 1, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched them. Mark 9, and oftentimes it come. It, it hath cometh into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us. Compassion. Can I be honest with you? I said this a while back on a Thursday night. Do you know why I feel like in some ways we don't see more of the miraculous? It's not because God doesn't have the power. It's not because I don't, we don't have the faith. 
most of the time we want the miraculous to vindicate our position. Oh, man. Mm. Thank God there's only one service next Sunday. May not be anybody left. We want the miraculous to vindicate us as a church. So we can say, come our church, because we have the miraculous. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. But why did Jesus heal? He healed because he was moved with love. He healed because he was moved with love. His compassion. Bishop Wright made a statement in 1988. I played it for some of you several Thursday nights ago in a, in a, in when we were talking about this. He made a statement. The greatest revival that's coming is not a revival of the miraculous. It's a revival of love. And you know what's so sad? Can I say this? And I know there's a lot of reasons. It's, it's both sides to the story. There's two sides to it. It's not all the, it's not all the fault of the church. There's some, there's some misconceptions and then there's some offenses that, that, that come out. But God forbid that any human being doesn't feel like they can walk in that door. In whatever state they're in. And feel this group of people just surround them with love. God forbid... That one person ever feels the fact, I can't go there because if I go there, I know they're going to judge me. I made this hardest statement made a while back that what if, what if, we're talking real here tonight, what if there was a prostitute that walked in here tonight and she was wearing on very little clothes, but to realize that was the most clothes she had worn in years. But she came tonight, instead of us judging her by where she was, we loved her with the love of Christ. We didn't hide behind our spiritualness. We didn't hide behind the fact that we believe this, we believe that, but we just love them and let God do what God does best. Because you know what? Really, can I be honest with you? When you all boil down to this, there's no pressure on me. If I feel under pressure or I feel like a spiritual failure, that's proving that I'm trying to somehow create the results. There's no pressure on me. I was telling my wife and I were talking about this on the way back. We were talking about it. And, and we, were, we were chatting about this. And we've been, we've been having a conversation back and forth on a lot of things. And, and, and she said, I said, it's like, man, I don't feel any pressure. Am I supposed to feel pressure? Because I don't feel any pressure. You know, Paul said about the weight of the church. If you've ever been in, in ministry, there's a weight that comes with that. It never leaves you. But there's no pressure. Because you know what? You don't belong to me. The people out there don't belong to us. We didn't die for any of them. God is simply looking for a group of people that are willing to be an avenue of love. 
Do I believe in the work of the Spirit? Yes. Do I believe in all the giftings and everything that happens? Yes. Do I believe in the miraculous? Yes. Do I believe in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost? Yes. But if it's not built on a foundation of love, what have we gotten? What good is it if we dance all over the church and we prophesy to each other and the glory of God falls down and we all walk out of here glowing, but we walk out of here with stuff in us that causes us to shut everybody out and there's no love. I'd rather be less spiritual with more love than more spiritual with less love. But you know what? Can I be honest with you? We don't want to be there. It sounds too, it sounds like compromise. Oh, that's the big deal right there. We feel like we're compromising because most of us are, are frustrated with where we are and what we've got to do. And so if we accept them for where they are, we're basically saying it's not fair, God, because you're letting them get away with things you're not letting me get away with. So if I've got to do it, you've got to do it. And so what do we do? We push people to say, look, you've got to do this and you've got to do that because I've got to do it. And if I'm going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable with me. And the whole reason I do everything that I do is because my love for him. If I'm doing what I'm doing without love for him, I'm doing it in vain anyways. Can I just let you in on this secret? If you're doing stuff tonight because you feel like you have to do it to follow a rule, come up to me after what I'm going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. Stop doing it. Whatever you do, just stop. My God, stop being miserable. And, you know, if you're going to go backwards, at least enjoy the trip. Goodness gracious. Lord, help us. I mean, goodness gracious, can I be honest with you? We're all over the place tonight. It's just Jesus. We're walking with Jesus. You know what? If you're going to sit in church and have a bad attitude and go to hell anyways of your bad attitude, stay home and watch TV and at least enjoy it tonight. I mean, seriously. I don't understand people that want to come to church and be miserable. As if that somehow gets you a brownie point because you showed up. Good Lord. I'm staying home. I mean, there's a golf tournament on tonight. I'd be watching that better than sitting right here. Oh, we can't say that. You're compromising. I'm not compromising at all. Because go read what Paul said. If you do all this, but you do it without love, what do you have? We don't want to. Love is just, it's too, can I be honest with you, John? You're, you're, you're a man. You're a man, you fish, right? You paint, you're a man, get dirty. We don't really like to talk about love. It's just, eh, now women, you guys are just, you just love. Us men, we, we want, we want to talk, you know, it's, 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 it's a little off for us to talk about love. Can I be honest with you? Oh, I'm going to be so frank tonight. I'm, oh, I'm getting myself in trouble. I'm already in trouble, so I'm going all the way in tonight. This has been my last message. I appreciate all of your love and kindness. 
and uh, it's been a great ride. I appreciate that. I'd like to thank the Academy for their support, and uh, I'd like to thank my parents for their love, and um, um, my wife and I have appreciated your uh, acceptance, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Um, You know, some churches that don't, how can I say this kindly? Some of the church, some churches that don't believe quite what we believe. I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. But there's churches that don't believe what we believe. But you know one thing they do? They love, they love the, they love people Try to say it in no way. They they just whoo. I'm in, I'm in, I'm I'm just I need to. They love people, but because somehow we think we have the corner on the market, that stuff is a little too how can I say elementary for us. And man, they love people, they accept people. And we are supposed to be the ones that we feel like God has given us a revelation and given us things and we know things and we have power and the presence of God and all that stuff that we believe and God does. But yet we have missed a huge component. Somehow we could marry the two and do what Jesus did. That he was moved not to convince. He was moved not to walk around and tell people, hey, get your life together because I'm on the scene. But he was moved with compassion. He was driven with compassion. He was led of the Spirit to go to a woman at the well. But when he got there, he talked to her with love in his voice. He did not condemn her for her lifestyle, but yet through compassion, he reached to where she was and she felt his love in the voice that was coming out of that man. She realized this is not like everybody else. You're different because she was used to being rejected, but love found her. I know it's so simple, but you know what's so sad? We think we figured it out, but yet we don't have it figured out. And you talk about this stuff, and I can hear it in your voice. Well, this is so simple. Really, this is the great revelation? Yes, it is the great revelation. Because you know what? There should be no pressure in us to produce anything here. There should be no pressure if we would just, how can I say this, just relax. (laughs) Just take a big, deep breath and relax and just let God do what God knows to do and love people. And be moved with love. And be moved with the love of God. Can I be honest with you? And, 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 and this is going to sound funny, but I'm just, this, is, this is a tangible illustration. My wife and I, we like to exercise. We go to the gym. When we walk into the gym, I don't walk around with a, with a I love Jesus t-shirt on, Acts 238 on my back, <laughs> repent, repentance on my show. I don't have that on there. I got under armor, man. I got to start where it's at. That's where it is. Now, if under armor's in the Bible, I'm biblical. But outside of that, I'm not very biblical. 
But you know what we try to do? We went in there, and I know the pressure is, i got to go in there, and I've got to witness to all these people. So I'm over, some, some guy's over there, he's, ooh, ooh, hey, buddy, can you stop for a second? You know Jesus loves you, and you know. He'd like, you better get away from me right now, because if I drop this weight, I'm coming after you. You know what? Just try to go in there and befriend the people. The problem with that is it's not instantaneous results. That's the problem. We want the instantaneous side. We want to come and fill up a row so we look around and go, hey, you ain't got a row. I got a row. I got the row. But you know what? We get the row Sunday and they're gone Monday. We're not trying to build a crowd. We're trying to build disciples of Jesus Christ. We want to build a crowd. Next week we'll have a pizza party instead of a church gathering. That would build a crowd. I'm not interested in building a crowd. We want to build disciples for Jesus Christ. And if every person in here, every person in here would make it a conscious effort just to be a conduit of love. You say, that sounds so silly. If that's your attitude, I'm afraid you need some time with Jesus. This is true. Because you know what? Here's the thing. Brother Trombley just said it. It's the truth. Here's the problem. And this is why God does what he does. He said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second part about that was what? Love your neighbor as what? Why do you think God spends so much time working on you? Is he bored? Is he up there with nothing to do and say, let's just mess with your past. Let me just bring up stuff about you. Let me just dig some stuff up in your memory bank. No, what God is trying to get you to do is to get some things in you where he can heal you and get some things together. Why? So that you can love yourself. Why is that important? Because if I love myself, then I can let his love flow through me. Because here's the problem. Guess what? Here's the famous triangle, right? I love my neighbor as myself. I've got to love myself to love my neighbor. But the problem is, God said, how can you say you love me who you haven't seen if you can't love your neighbor who you have seen? So the problem I got is, I got to love myself so I can love Brother Joe, Brother Bickley. It's a reflection of my love for God. I am not on an island. That's why, can I be honest with you, whoever tells you you don't have to go to church to be saved, you need to turn and run. Here's why. It's not because church is a vehicle that is for salvation. But you know what? When I come to church, God is going to purposely put people in this church that I don't like. God is going to put people... <laughs> God's going to put people in here that get on my nerves. But you know what? Why? Because they are going to be the biggest test of my love. Over here, Brother Darren. I love Brother Darren. One of the reasons why I love Brother Darren is this. We are both 
Don't, don't, I don't, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need you to just, just keep it in your head. But we are both Redskin fans. So most of the time, we can cry together. We, we can weep together. And you know what? We can, we can hang out and talk and have this common bond because we, we're, we're kind of coming from the same deal. But God forbid some of you cowboy fans or Steeler fans or well, Ravens. We, we have to accept the Ravens that are up the street. But you know what? Just because we don't come from the same background. The love of God says, I don't care what you like or you don't like. I love you because you're my brother. He said, oh, oh, how about this? You ready? He said, buy this. That you talk in tongues. That you dance. That you look good. That you act holy. They're going to know that you are my disciple. When you show up at church, they'll know that that's how they'll know. No, 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 no. By this shall they know that you're my disciple. You ready for the big revelation? That you have love one for another. <laughs> can I be honest with you? That's why some of you can come in here and get your shout on, but got no fruit in your life. Because you want to be known by your shout, but you got no love in you. By this shall all men no, you belong to me. Do you know what that means? Oh, this is going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt, but just stay with me. That means if you're not loving, you're not his disciple. The membership to the disciple club is a membership paid in the dues of love. By this shall all men know you're my disciple because you got love. One for another. Oh, that's too beneath us, man. That's way too many. By this, you shall all men know you're my disciples. He, you know what? If really what he should have said by this, shall all men know you're my disciples by the amount of souls that you have witnessed to and have been saved. Because that's what it's all about, right? No, he understood if you could build a foundation in love, love, everything would flow from love. If I would have love as the foundation, my love for people would compel me to want to see God do something in their life. But it would not be out of a persuasion of a better way or a persuasion that you're wrong and I'm right. But it would be out of love to know, listen, I know what's going on in your life. And I know that there's a God who's able to help you. It wouldn't be with an axe in 238. It wouldn't be with a judgment. It wouldn't be with a harshness. It wouldn't be with a criticism. But it would be with a compassion. Because you know what? I remember where I was when Jesus found me. I remember what it was like to feel the way I felt. And it was love that found me. 
I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But it was love that lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else, oh, love lifted me. That sounds too, you can feel it. It's just a, that's just too easy. Oh, you know why it's so easy? Because Jesus did all the hard work. He's not asking you to make it hard. He's supposed to have love. We're supposed to have love. We're supposed to have love for Him. We're supposed to have love for each other. That means we walk by a brother or sister and we say, you know what, I just I want to let you know I care about you. I want to let you know I believe in you. You know what, Angie, I just want to let you know that I love you, I care about you. He's saying, that's silly. No, no, no. You don't know what she's going through. You don't know what's happening in her life. She may just need someone to tell her, Angie, I love you. I love you. Do you know I love you? I just want to let you know. Oh, that's silly. We can't be like that. If we could build that place, you couldn't keep people. Because you know what? Can I be honest with you? Oh, I'm going to get... I'm, uh, here's one more, Renny. I've stepped on enough. We think it's the way we look that separates us. God forbid. We think it's the way we worship. And can I be honest with you? The Catholics are speaking in tongues. But you know what? We're supposed to be a light in the darkness of this world. And I believe Jesus is the light. But in a world now more than ever that is so full of hate, what a better representation of the light of the gospel for us to be a church of love. Sound, you sound, it sounds silly, preacher. It sounds too, too, too simple. This sounds too wishy-washy. It sounds too watered down. I'm not talking about watering down the power of the message. The message is the message. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There's no way around that. It is the truth. There is but one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. That's true. I'm not compromising the message. And we're not about to compromise the message that we believe in. But you know what? I think if we could, if we could just relax a little bit, not be so quick to whip out the sword and go to town. Can I be honest with you? I've had this experience before. I've had some debates with people. I'm trying to remember so I can say this accurately. To my recollection, and there may be one, so I'm going to just say this. To my recollection, I've never really won a debate. Because even when I won, I still lost. Even when I won, I still lost. Because debating someone, trying to persuade them your way is better, doesn't get anybody anywhere. not trying to persuade people. We just want to love them. I'm not asking you to go. The Lord's not asking anyone. I'm not asking. The Lord's not asking any of us to go out there. I, I said this before. I don't mean this to be judgmental, critical. I'm almost done. I don't mean to be judgmental, critical. 
kudos to them for having the courage. I couldn't do it. Several months ago, my wife and I were at the light at the mall there where you where you're at the mall there in Annapolis where Famous Dave's is on your left. You can take a left to go down towards West Street. We were sitting at that light, and there were several individuals, man and a woman, uh, man and two women that were there on the, in, in the, the, um, the little median curve area. They had a megaphone, and they were going to town, and they were preaching about the judgment of God. They were pre- preaching about the, the, uh, the, that America is full of sin and of this and that and all that. And you know what? Kudos to them for being able to stand up. But you know what? I didn't see anybody get out of their car. I'm not, I'm not judging, please. I'm, it's not a judgmental. Because you know what? Blasting people away and using the word of God as, the, as dynamite, it doesn't work. You know, it's so crazy. It's just, this just is so, shows a little bit of the extreme what we're talking. We're not there, thankfully. This shows the extreme what I'm talking about. Several years ago, you, you remember the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Pulse nightclub was a, was a, was a LGBT nightclub. You know what was so sad is those people were human people. They were human beings, Okay. Whether or not you agree with their lifestyle or not, they were people. They were people. Whether or not you agree with their, what they were doing, that's not the point. They were human beings. Jesus died for them as much as he died for you and me. And what was so sad and just absolutely drove me crazy was this, is that at funerals for those people, some knuckleheads from Kansas City and that area drove down as a part of this church group and stood outside the funerals protesting their lifestyle. Do I agree with certain lifestyles? Absolutely not. But you know what? I'm going to love somebody despite that. Can I be honest with you? We didn't agree with some of you when you rolled up in here. Let's just... Let's just call it what it was. But we loved in spite of that. All I'm saying tonight to the Holy Ghost helping us tonight, I'm looking for a big response, is just another attempt to the Holy Ghost to change the culture. And change the culture that we get so far away and removed from any remnants of religion. Any remnants of self. Oh, I can't even, I can't even think of the word to even describe but get away from all of the remnants of religion, all of the remnants of some, some kind of uh, 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 self-sanctification, all the remnants of that, and, and, even not, and get away from even behind it, hiding behind the fact we believe this and we believe that, and getting rid of all that and just simply 
having this novel idea just to be like Jesus. Just to be like Jesus. To walk, be able to walk up to somebody and just be able to touch them with compassion. Not touch them with any kind of disdain or any kind of thought of disapproval. But we change the culture to the point. And here's the problem with this. And here's the big issue, and I'm, I'm done with this. It doesn't just start with what's going on up here. It also involves what's going on out there. Because can I be honest with you? They won't look to what's going on out there if they don't see it reflected in what's happening out there. Could we make it a, an effort? Oh, I know. I believe in prayer. Absolutely. I believe in the move of the Spirit. Absolutely. I believe in, in the operation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. I'm not get, come on, you know me my, by now. Come on, let's be real. Okay? I'm not an orator. I'm, I'm not somebody that, uh, that's, that's, that's just kind of who I am. That's, that's the kind I am. I'm that. I'm not getting away from that. I believe in the divine move of the Holy Ghost. But you know what? If we would focus on this, that would come naturally. Because if we would love people, God would show up to confirm His love. Not to confirm and to validate our opinion to show the world that we are better than everybody else. He would do it because you know what? Jesus loves people. And if we are his disciples, that means we should love too. I wish one day it gets to the point where someone leaves out of here and go, I'm never going back to that church again. Why? I walked in there and if I see one more person smile at me, shake my hand, tell me they're happy I'm here, I'm going to puke. That place is just the most bubbly, happy, loving place ever. Ugh! I want to go somewhere where they're not. That's just too much for me. I want, I'd rather it be that way than someone walk in here and think, my goodness, they had something in there, but I don't. They look like a big, miserable group. If we would just, I keep using the term relax because I can't think of a better term because just it is what it is. If we would just relax. Nineteen eighty. Oh, wait, I don't remember. I was thirty-eight years old. So let's see. I'm trying to do the math. Eighty through eighty-four, eighteen eighty-four, somewhere in that area. Bishop Wright was 38 years old. If you don't know who Bishop Wright is, Bishop Wright's the founder of this church. 38 years old. We had just come out of a great season of God doing great things. And at 38 years old, he was rushed to the hospital one evening, experiencing severe chest pains. And um, took him to the hospital. 
they were able to help him before he had a heart attack. And you know what the doctor told him? He said, he said go, don't go pray more. Don't go fast more. He said, sir, if you don't find something to do that you enjoy and you can relax doing, you're going to die before you're 40. I forgot the name of the man. One of you, brother, may remember reading the book. There was a man in Wales. Great revival came. He prayed so much, though, he wore wooden grooves into the floor of where he lived. And I believe he died somewhere in his mid-30s from exhaustion, from so much prayer. Can I tell you this? <laughs> what glory does God get out of that? Oh, he prayed and great revival came. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Jesus never asked me to die. And you know what? If I don't enjoy what I'm doing, I'm not going to get somebody else excited about what I'm doing. If I don't come to church, brother, as Brother Godwin said, if you don't believe what you're singing, if you don't believe what you're saying, no one else will believe it. If we don't enjoy it, no one else will. Very simple tonight. I know I, I've, I've stepped on some stuff, and oh, I can, I can sense the text message coming somewhere down the road. That's okay. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Can we just be a people of love? Can you strive to be just, just love? What else I need to do? Love. That's it? Yeah, that's it. You know why? Because if you love, you'll pray. If you love, you'll seek God. If you love, you'll let the God flow through you. If you love, all the other stuff will be a byproduct of that. If you do all that without love, what thank have you? What does it profit you? Father, I know you're speaking to us, to all of us, helping us, trying to help us. God, somewhere along the way, we strayed away from just trying to be your disciples. We strayed away, and through our own human efforts, we have allowed things to be produced in us that I don't really think you're happy and pleased with. That was never your intention. I pray, Lord, tonight, by your help and grace, that you would give us revelation of your love the revelation of your love for us the revelation of your love through us the revelation of your love in us and Lord that we would make it the sole purpose of our being is to be a conduit of your love because Lord you said if we would love others by loving others we love you if we love others, you teach us to love ourselves. God, those of us tonight that are dealing with shame and frustration and things in our life, give us the grace to allow you to work on us, to help us, so that we, be, we can become greater conduits of your love. God, don't let us ever be able to produce one thing in our own effort. Every effort that we do that's based in our own Ability, God, I pray that you would not let any result come of that. That everything we do would be based upon you and your love flowing through us.
I loose your love to be in us. I loose your love to flow through us. I loose your love to saturate this room on Sundays, to saturate Severin on Sundays, to saturate every care group, to saturate every Bible study, to saturate every point of contact, that it would be driven by love, driven by your love. Because you are love. You said it in your word that you are love. And if we love, we have you. And if we have you, we have everything. I pray these things tonight. I ask these things tonight. I believe these things tonight. I know, God, you're trying to do something great in us and through us. I know it. I can feel it in my spirit. But, God, if we get it without doing it your way, what have we accomplished? We've built a crowd to magnify us and who we are, but we have not built a church that is about you. Let us be your disciples. Let us be your disciples of love. Let us be disciples of your love flowing through us. In Jesus' name. Let's just stand where we are and just lift our hands and let's just thank the Lord and love Him. Can we do that? Okay, let's just thank the Lord right now. Can we do that? Just thank Him. Hallelujah. Why don't you just say this to the Lord here as we close. Just say, Lord, help me to love and teach me to love like you do. Come on, just ask Him that in your own way. But say, Lord, help me to love. Teach me to love. Show me to love like you love. I want to be like you. I want to love like you. I want to be driven with love like you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's thank the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Apologize. I went a little longer than I than I expected, but we were just following the Holy Ghost. Great news. Just help us pick up.